If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. So let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing, and if you're going to bet on this football season, bet with MyBookie. Do you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. So join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Love that. Love getting paid, Jason. This is Cash Considerations. I'm Ricky. I'm with Jason. I have a cold, so you guys are going to have to bear with me on that. I think I got it from watching that Chicago Sky game the other night. What a ridiculous game. I want to start this off by saying that I went to my first Sky game, uh, their, their playoff opener against Phoenix. What a great product. What a great experience. I'm now fully invested on the team uh, after just going to one game. So just just a tremendous team. You guys should definitely follow them next year. I think the, the WNBA in general is just an awesome league and really fun to watch. And the Sky are poised to be competitive for a long time. They have Diamond DeShields, Delino DeShields' daughter. Give wow. me the entire team of Diamond DeShields' offspring. I know his son plays for the Blue Jays, I think, as a shortstop. Diamond DeShields is sick. She's pretty much the most athletic wing in the WNBA. They also have... Uh, Courtney Vandersloot, who has been on the team for nine years. She's a point guard. She gives off some major Steve Nash vibes. She did have the big brain fart (laughs) at the end of the Las Vegas Aces playoff loss. Uh, She's married to their other starting guard, Allie Quigley. Gotta love that. So the Sky in general are sick. I encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to get more invested in that team and to go to a game because going to a game is really what did it for me. Uh, And I'm going to be excited to follow them next year, but... We're still talking about the Bulls here, Jason, and today we're going to dive into Wendell Carter Jr. We already talked about Lowry Markinen. We talked about Otto Porter Jr. last week. This is going to be the Wendell Carter episode. We have a lot of good stuff lined up, and uh, I think that you know Wendell is maybe more than anyone the one player, it seems to me, the whole fan base agrees on that everyone's excited about. Yeah, first of all, quick note, back to the sky. I actually interned for them back in the day, like right when I was graduating from college. So I got to see a bunch of games up close. Met Taj Gibson at a couple games. He would always go and like sit courtside, which is a lot of cool. That was a really cool experience. So when I was there, Lowry was there next to Archie Diacono and Bobby Portis was there. Yeah, they love going to all these games. So it's really cool to see them supporting the sky. Like I said, go support them. It's it's fun basketball. I I will admittedly say like I was skeptical when I, when I took that internship and when I was doing it, but it was a lot of fun seeing the games up, up close like that. And just the, the basketball itself is obviously very good. It's professional basketball. They're extremely good at their jobs. And, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. Shout out to the Chicago Sky. Before we talk about Wendell Carter Jr., really quick, I do want to say that the FIBA World Cup is finally over. Uh, Tomas Sadoransky and Czech Republic, they finished actually in sixth place. So props to them. That was their first ever uh, appearance in the FIBA World Cup. Finished in sixth place. They lost to Australia in the quarterfinals, but Sadoransky almost had a triple-double. 13-13 uh, and 9, that's 13 assists. 
They beat they beat Poland then, and he had 22, 12 assists, and four rebounds. And then they lost to Serbia in the fifth place game. Uh, he finished with basically averages of like 16, 9, and 6 on 45, 46, 48, 90. Uh, incredible tournament for him. Really excited for him. Uh, but yes, this is going to be a Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. podcast. You talk, mentioned that a lot of people, I think, are excited for him. Zach Levine talked about, he did a recent interview uh, with Fansided, and he actually had a quote uh, that he's one. He was asked basically, like, who are you most excited to see, like, take a step? And Zach said Wendell Carter Jr. I got the quote right here. Uh, he says, Wendell Carter, because he wasn't able to get his full rookie year up under him. He was starting to get into a groove when he got injured, man. That's one of the worst things in all of sports, but, and it was so upsetting. But he's been in the gym working all year. He has great defensive intangibles as a rookie, especially for a big guy. I feel like it's always tougher for them, but he's shown different little flashes to where he seemed above his experience level, so he's really excited. I mean, that, that's kind of cool to see Zach Levine shout out uh, Wendell like that. And obviously, one of the big things about Wendell has been the injuries. Um, he had the wrist surgery that ended his season as a rookie. And then also earlier this offseason, he had this core muscle injury, something that apparently had been bothering him going back several years. Uh, and he had that surgery. And as far as I can tell, he seems to be fine. The Bulls and himself, if you check out their Instagram, they've uh, posted a few pictures of him working out. Obviously, that doesn't always tell the whole thing because working out, doing stuff like that isn't necessarily mean the guy's ready for like full-blown camp. But as far as I can tell, the the initial uh, diagnosis for him was that he would be okay, and it sure seems like he is fine. Uh, and so with training camp coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to have to hope that Wendell Carter is healthy because he's obviously going to be a huge part of this team. Another thing that I really like this offseason, he he posted an Instagram thing on his a picture on his um, account, basically apologizing for how bad the Bulls were last year and how they like failed the fans. He just seems like a real real cool cool dude, real good da- guy, got a good head on his shoulders, really hard worker. Uh, and yeah, he's just gonna be a big part of this uh, rebuild moving forward. Yeah, super excited for Wendell. To me, one of the worst parts of last season was that we never really got to see Wendell and Lowry have extended time next to each other. I think that was a question people were asking when the Bulls drafted Wendell. Uh, You know, in today's NBA, I think a lot of people probably see Lowry as a five, uh, but Basically, everything Lowry does poorly, Wendell does really well. So I do think that on paper, they certainly have skill sets that should complement each other. I think that if Carter really comes through on his potential on the defensive end, uh, then, you know, that could make all the difference for a Bulls team that, you know, has a couple shaky defenders instilled in the starting lineup and instilled in the foundation of the team. So Carter has a lot riding on him to me, like... He's the one guy on the team who's definitely a plus on both ends of the floor. Now you do have Porter, Otto Porter, who I think is the best guy on the team who sort of like took that mantle from him. But at least in terms of, you know, the the homegrown guys, he's definitely a plus on both ends of the floor. Uh, and I think that he has a foundation of skills that is already really impressive that is only going to continue to grow. For sure. And you mentioned the Lowry thing. That's obviously going to be huge because... The timing of the last season between Lowry getting hurt and then Wendell getting hurt, getting hurt, they really just didn't get that much time to play together. They only played 436 minutes together, and the Bulls were awful with them in the court. Not that it's like it was like their fault or anything. It was some of that was the timing. Was Lowry came back and then uh, Fred got fired, so Boylan came in and instituted just the just the ridiculous system they were running. Uh, just looking at the numbers right here, they had 96.50 rating together, which is obviously terrible. 110 D rating, which is obviously not good either. So it's a minus 13.7 net rating in those 436 minutes. That is very bad. But again, like with with what Boylan was trying to do with their whole slow it down thing, I think the whole thing was just kind of a mess. And we just never really got to see either of them just kind of 
blossom together and really play off each other. And I think that's just going to be a really big thing to watch for this year is how they play off each other, how how Boylan runs his offense, how he does through with Lowry, with Wendell. So it'll be really interesting to see just, I guess, how they do that. Ricky, what what are your thoughts about like how they will actually fit on the court together, how Boylan should use them offensively together? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and it's something that uh, Bulls fans, I think, should be worried about. Boylan last year... I mean, basically when he came in, he instilled a walk-it-up offense that ran through Robin Lopez post-ups. And then when Carter did get his minutes, he was running a lot of the same sets for Carter in Lopez's place. Now, Wendell Carter Jr. has a wide variety of offensive skills. Posting up is not one of them. He graded out in the 10th percentile in the entire NBA in post-ups. And that is disappointing for a center, and it played a big reason why uh, in general, Carter was not an efficient offensive scorer last year. He has sub-50% effective field goal percentage, which just pales in comparison to some of the other rookies out there, uh, the other rookie centers in his draft class. But the the whole issue last year was that he wasn't being used correctly. And if you stop running post-ups through Wendell Carter Jr., like, Jason, I don't want to see a Wendell post-up this entire year. <laughs> Give me a pick-and-roll Give me him initiating the offense from the high post as a passer. Give me him as a cutter who's, like, screening away from the ball and darting in. There's so many. Give give me spot-ups. I want to see him shoot this year, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that a little later. The last thing I want is for Wendell Carter Jr. to try to be groomed as a back-to-the-basket scorer because, first of all, there just aren't very efficient opportunities in general, as the last few years of data have shown us, and it just doesn't fit his skill set. He's 6'10", 255. He's not exactly undersized for a modern center, but just look at all the centers out there who are bigger than him. It's like pretty much all of them are either going to be stronger, longer, taller. Uh, I think that, you know, he's more of a skill guy than a brute force yeah. guy. And the Bulls need to keep that in mind in terms of how they use him this year. Absolutely. And to the, po- the post-up point, uh, just a shout out to Cole Zwicker did a whole huge profile about Wendell Carter Jr., uh, a month ago at the Stepien, and he the title was Wendell Carter, second-year breakout player. He basically started it. He had his whole little intro, but then it started with the Wendell Car- Carter's rookie year interior post-up struggles. And he just has this whole section about just him struggling as a post-up player. And again, I feel like they did that a lot. Like We saw occasional decent moves from the post, but just overall a full season. He just had an absolute – he was just absolutely terrible in the post. Uh one of the stats here is he finished with a miserable .625 points per possession on almost a 20% distribution of his offensive possessions, and that that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like he, that's a fifth of his possessions and just an incredibly low rate. And that was the thing that Boylan was just obsessed with all these post-ups. There's a lot of great film in here as well in this article. Again, please go check this article out. This article dives super deep into what Carter does. And then his next section is about the shooting potential. We talk about you mentioned the spot-ups. We saw he had a pretty low volume of three-point shooting at Duke, but I believe he was at around 40% from three. Last year, it felt like it was like pulling teeth getting him to shoot threes, and he shot under 19% on like, I think it was like 0.7 three-point attempts per game. So super low volume, super low success rate. Because I just think he, I think they kind of talked him out of shooting those shooting those three those threes. So that's something we're going to have. I, I feel like they just need to get him in the mindset of shooting more three-pointers. If you look at his free throw percentage, he shot... Almost 80% on free throw. So you see the, the skill is there with the shooting. He's got a nice touch. That should be able to translate to, to more outside jumpers. So I really do hope we see more of that this season. Yeah, and 
it was disappointing because in Summer League, I ranked all the rookies at the end of Summer League last year, and I had Wendell as the best rookie. And part of that was because he did show the diversity of his skill set in terms of being able to shoot, being able to pass. He drained a bunch of threes in Summer League, and even a couple that were like, you know, he was like dribbling out to the line himself to take a corner three. I remember that play. You look at his past shooting numbers, both in college uh, and at the start of his pro career from the foul line, he was an 80% free throw shooter last year, Jason. So, like, when we talk a lot about, like, bigs being played off the floor in the playoffs, I'm not super nervous that that's going to happen to Wendell, in part because he is just a money foul shooter. So you can't do any, like, hackle Wendell strategies. And also, I just think that, you know, his his best attribute is that he plays a poised, considerate, high IQ game on both ends of the floor. Yeah, for sure. And that you, the high IQ stuff and the, the skill in general, and the third section of this big article is about perimeter playmaking, passing, and dribble handoffs. And I think that'll be really, it'll be some, really interesting to see what kind of stuff Boylan, incor- or how we, Boylan incorporates Wendell's passing and playmaking ability. Because I think that they could really do some interesting stuff, like I said, with these dribble handoffs. Uh, with big to big stuff with him and Lowry, because he really does have those kind of skills where he and we saw it occasionally last season. Like we saw bits and pieces, like that game against uh, the Nuggets, the game that I believe you were in the building for, where he had like twenty eight. Oh, I have the exact stats pulled up right here. He had twenty eight, twenty five, eight rebounds, and then also five assists. And we saw some of the passing that he can do. We, he can do in that game, just really impressive. And I think that's kind of the stuff we just need to see more of. Just. You have a really talented big man who's really skilled. Don't shoehorn him into something. Just let him let him blossom and let me see this the full aspect of his game. I know they have other guys they want to they want to get shots to. They want Zach's going to be doing a lot of playmaking and a lot of getting a lot of shots. Lowry's obviously super important offensively, but you have the you have these super skilled big guys in Lowry and Wendell Carter Jr. Please, I just want to see them take advantage of that and then and not run slow down stuff where they're posting up and crap like that just let them let them free and let them blossom you have a bunch of super talented players here between Lowry and Wendell between Zach without a poor junior as well like theoretically these guys should make for a really great offense if the right system is implemented Boylan's talked about doing more running and doing more stuff like that I, I just really hope we see it yeah and you know I think that Boylan hurt Carter more than anyone else, more than any yeah. other player on the team last year. With all of his, like, prepare the children for the road garbage and all of his talk about needing to walk before you run, at the end of the day, he did a huge disservice to Carter because there were times towards the end of Carter's rookie year before he got injured where he was terrified on offense. He was playing with no confidence, which is not something you should say about a guy who's been considered one of the best basketball players in his class since that class started to be evaluated. He was a guy who was a five-star recruit, obviously went to Duke to play with Bagley. Uh, he shouldn't be playing scared, right? Yeah. Uh, in the parallels here to the Bears and Mitch Trubisky <laughs> are just dancing through my mind as I say this, but it's like, Wolf. he has no excuse to be playing scared. He's too good to be playing scared. His pedigree is too sharp to be playing scared. So instead of, you know, overthinking and worrying about not screwing up, Wendell needs to leverage his considerable talents to make an impact, to make real decisions, and to have the confidence that it's going to it's gonna work out well. And if it doesn't work out well, I mean, what is he, 20 or 21 years old this year? Like, he's got a long, long career in front of him. Uh, they need to let him learn by making, you know, these high-impact decisions instead of just having him be treated with kid gloves, which is definitely what happened last year. Yeah, he's still only 20. It's easy to remember just how young he still is, but I believe he was the youngest 
player, or at least the youngest big, maybe to come into that draft. Or he was one of the young, one of the younger guys, just in terms of his age. Um, yeah, and that actually, the thing about Boylan and just like how, like how he, you said he was basically like he ruined Carter the most. That was one of the questions we got uh, from Mort. Uh, Mort's a big Bulls fan. He has a great podcast as well. He basically he said was thinking of this the other day. Is there a guy in the roster whose success slash failure goes more hand in hand with how Boylan decides to use him? And I feel like that's basically we just kind of answered that. Like, yes, probably, because just like he, there's, he's either going to let him free or he's going to, he's gonna, again, shoehorn him in. And somebody else also asked similar, Luis, who does suffer uh, Bleacher Nation, also asked, like, should he be allowed more offensive freedom? And clearly we've answered that, yes. Like, they need to let let Wendell just kind of let him bloom, let him let him blossom. Let's let's hope he does that. Before we start talking about any other Wendell stuff, we'll, also, we'll talk about his defense a bit as well, and we'll take some other questions from other fans. Let's uh, do a quick word from our sponsors. There are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports, but how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage... Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning you'll see the best stories from around the sports world from the NBA and the NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. And it's super simple to sign up. Let's go to sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and it gives you everything you need to know. Read in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. So please join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription free, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. So do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Jason, I think you know that guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable with rubbing some dirt on it than seeing the doctor. Well, Jace, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your very own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash bluewire to complete an online visit. If your doctor decides the treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, Go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started today. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. And we're back, Cash Considerations Podcast, talking all things Wendell Carter Jr. So we've talked a lot about his offense. Uh, let's probably talk about his defense as well. Wendell, this guy actually kind of goes in the offense thing as well. I think he he believes he played a pretty solid defense as a rookie, as a rookie big man. It's always tough as a rookie big man to make an impact. Um, and he did play pretty well. He's pretty cognizant of the fact that he needs to get better offensively. He had a quote earlier this summer uh, talking with Scoop B. 
uh, about how he needs to be more aggressive offensively, how he needs to shoot from all three levels, create his own shot, doing all that kind of stuff. But he talked about how he feels like off- defensively he played pretty well throughout the season. And I would mostly agree. I know he had some problems with fouls and all that kind of stuff, but if you look at some of the numbers um, and just watching some of the film, like I feel like he, he did make a pretty nice impact overall like defending the rim, guarding pick and rolls, especially for such a young player. Again, we talked about how young he was as a as a big man entering the entering the draft and how tough it can really be for for young big man to to learn deep NBA defense to make impact like that. Um, if you look at some of the advanced stats, like in terms of like RPM, uh, he was 21st among centers in DRPM, uh, defensive RPM. Obviously, that's not necessarily a ranking that doesn't necessarily mean everything, but he was considered way better defensively. Offensively, he was a complete disaster. He was actually one of the worst in offensive RPM among centers, but pretty solid defensively. If you look at his field goal percentage against at the rim, again, this is also defensive stats are a lot of noise there, but uh, he allowed 50, about 59% field goals per percentage at the rim, uh, which is basically like middle of the pack if you're looking at centers who contested a lot of shots at the rim. Again, for a rookie, I think that's pretty good. Uh, so I think he just he just seems like such a smart player. He knows where to be. He learned. I think he probably learned a lot from Robin Lopez. I think he talked about that last year, learning a lot, just the nuances of defense from a veteran in Robin Lopez. And I think that's going to be just a really important part of this, of this Bulls rebuild because they were a terrible defensive team last year. I think they're going to be relying on him as an anchor. So I don't think he's ever going to be like defensive player of the year caliber defensive player. Uh, he's not going to be, I don't think he's ever going to be like a super high block shots guy. I think last year he was at something like one and a half maybe. I don't think he's ever going to be like at the top of the leaderboard for block shots, but I think he's going to he'll be able to block some shots. So it, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of step he can make defensively and how he does moving into the future. What do you think about Wendell Carter's defense as a rookie and just uh, his long-term prospects on that end? Yeah, well, there's a steep learning curve for young bigs entering the league. That's a truism that's been around forever. There's just so much to grasp in terms of being the last line of NBA defense. Uh, I remember when Carl Towns was at Kentucky, everyone thought that he yeah, had right. you know, pretty good defensive upside. And in the NBA, he's basically been you know, a zero on defense. And I think that you know, it's not because uh, he isn't a gauge or he doesn't have the physicality. I just think that you know, there's just a lot on his plate. And you could say the same thing about a lot of young centers in a lot of ways. I thought Wendell was impressive defensively as a rookie. That is an interesting point you just said that you don't expect him to ever be, you know, defensive player of the year or whatever. Uh, he's going to have to be definitely uh, a big plus defensively and yeah. garner consideration for at least, like, you know, the all-defensive teams at some point in his career for the Bulls to really be a winning organization with him on the court. Like, his offensive skill set, I think, is totally untapped, and he has a ton of potential there, but in terms of what the Bulls are counting on this season, his defense is really going to have to shine through, and I do think that that's a bit of a risky bet, even beyond the health and durability issues, just because it is so hard for a big man in his second year in the league to truly be a master on defense. Uh, I do have faith in Wendell, though. I I can see him being, you know, at least average to slightly above average this year defensively, which is good. Like, that might sound like a knock on him, but, you know, if he's one of the top 15 best starting centers defensively in the NBA this year, that would be a huge boost for the Bulls, something they haven't had. Uh, You know, with Robin Lopez there, who wasn't as mobile as Wendell is, didn't have as much range defensively to hedge screens and recover and do stuff like that. Uh, Where Wendell's going to give some stuff up to me is, like, against other big post scores. Like, 
against Embiid, I think he's probably going to be toast, and that's going to be tough for him. Uh, but, you know, he's smart enough to know to deny those guys the type of paint position they need to thrive. And against a lot of other centers, I think he'll be able to pick them apart, uh, you know, with his offensive skills and just being a smart player who knows where and when to rotate defensively. Yeah, going back to the Stepien article again, again, tons of film, tons of deep dives. And uh, when he's looking at his defense, that's kind of what he talks about. It's basically uh, the intelligence and just like knowing where to be. He's gotten better at uh, verticality and stuff like that and using his length. His wingspan is what, like 7'4", seven, 7'3"? Seven, it's pretty long. He's not the tallest guy, but I'm pretty sure his wingspan is pretty a pretty decent yeah. amount. So, yeah, just the smarts, the length, the verticality, stuff like that, just, like, compared to some of the other rookie bigs, like, he did pretty well. Uh, and some of the other guys, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, like, a freak. Mitchell Robinson's a freak. Like, those guys are probably big-time shot-blocking types. Again, I don't know, think Wendell's going to be like that, but just he can just use, and since he's not the most athletic type, not, like, the freakiest athlete, stuff like that, like that, he can just use the smarts and stuff like that. Uh, the help. One of those sections here is about his help defense and where how his help defense IQ and his instincts shine. Which, uh, quote unquote, he says Cole says is the lifeblood for his value on the end of the floor. And that seems that seems to make the most sense with me. Like he's not going to be like a, a spectacular shot blocker all the time. Like he'll have his share of big blocks, but like it's just going to be the smarts, knowing where to be, helping other guys, helping direct the defense. Uh, uh, again, the, a lot of the, the Al Horford comp has been pretty has been pretty prevalent. We've talked about it a lot. I think it kind of makes sense, again, on both ends of the floor. Al Horford's not a super athletic guy, but he's a guy who's super smart, knows where to be. He helps direct direct the defense, direct traffic. And I think that's kind of just the the mold we're really looking for uh, Carter to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's mostly about just putting him in a position to succeed and giving him the confidence yeah. to succeed. You wonder why whenever someone interviews an athlete about like a breakout season or a breakout game, the first thing they say is confidence, and I think that we saw that materialize with Wendell in the wrong way last year by how he was playing offensively under Boyland towards the end of his rookie season. Uh, as long as they put him in position to succeed, I, I really do think that he just has such a high-level, well-rounded skill set on both ends, and in a loaded draft, because that draft was loaded, Jason. I mean, yeah. Trey Young is going to be a really good player. Uh, Doncic, I think, is already a star. Jaron Jackson, his superstar upside to me. Aiton, you know, they'll always be the question of, like, does he contribute to winning versus, you know, his numbers he's putting up. But he's still going to be a good player and put up, you know, crazy efficient finishing numbers, I think, inside. You also got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You got Landry Shamet. That class was loaded. There's no doubt about it, but I truly believe that Carter can be one of the five best players in the class. I don't think he's going to get up there with Luka. I don't think he's going to get up there with Jaron Jackson, who I think uh, just physically has some stuff that Wendell will never have in terms of his uh, fluidity and his agility. But Carter, to me, could be a top five player from the 18 draft, and I think drafting him was one of the smarter things the Bulls have done. Like, Imagine if they would have taken Calton Sexton with that pick. The rebuild would look totally different right now. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, Sexton, Sexton's an interesting case because he was. I remember watching some Bulls Cavs games from like early in the year, and he was so bad. He, I know he did get better, and like his shooting numbers actually looked 
better, but like I, I really don't know if it's really there for him. Um, let's finish up here with just a few more uh, questions from Twitter. Uh, kind of playing, you kind of answered this already, but this is from VJ at VJ Vimu, our guy at Bloggable. Got to give him a shout out, and he just kind of said again, ex- expectations for uh, Wendell as a defender next season. What areas defensively do you think he needs to improve most in? I would say it's just like recognizing when to help, when to stay at home. Like that's to me, just like reading the floor is maybe the most important thing for a defensive center to have uh, and also avoiding foul trouble like yeah. last year he was getting yeah. pretty jumpy i think in terms of like biting at pump fakes and stuff like that just stay down wendell uh read the floor rely on your intelligence he's gonna be a good defensive player yeah the fouls was definitely what i was gonna go with too. i think he was like three and a half fouls per game last year and i feel like all the time and again that's the thing that happens to rookies again all the time you pick up cheap fouls, you get frustrated, you pick up another foul. Happens all the time, but it's something he's going to have to get better at because he needs to stay on the floor. Uh, next question from Jermaine Jones at Jermaine611. Uh, it's basically talking about Wendell's three-point shooting. We kind of talked about how we want we want him to be taking more threes. He brought up the stuff during Summer League that you brought up. Uh, he said there was a point in the year where Chris Paul laughed at him when he took a three, and he said, hell no, very loud. Uh, we want to see Wendell get better at shooting threes. He asked, how many threes do you think is a, a per game is a right, is the right number for him? Two. Yeah, that makes That basically be tripling what he took. I think he was at point seven uh, as a, a last year. Basically tripling the amount. I think that would be a pretty good progression for him this year. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, let's see. Next. If this is from Red, Levi- Red Leviathan. Shout out to C. Red Fred. <laughs> I guess my biggest question is someone skeptical about what Wendell can realistically be. Can you talk me into why you should be patient for Wendell Carter Jr.? Yeah, to me, like, Carter's going to be a guy whose impact stretches beyond his per-game numbers, which I think is a comforting thing to tell yourself as a Bulls fan when you look at his rookie stats and he wasn't an efficient scorer and he struggled in certain lineups. But if used correctly, I think he's the type of guy who makes everyone around him better. And I think that, you know, while he might never put up numbers on par with Aitons, in fact, I know I know he won't, yeah, yeah. I do think he could contribute to winning at a greater level, perhaps. So there's a, little, there's a lot of nuance to Wendell's game. He's not going to, like, bludgeon you with amazing highlights or gaudy stats, but he, he impacts winning. I really think he'll, he'll have that effect on the Bulls. And another reminder, he's still just 20 years old. That's, that's enough patience, uh, enough need to be patient right there. I know like it's it could be tough to wait on guys, especially when the Bulls have been so bad the last couple of years, and it's been really frustrating to watch them. Like he's still just 20. Uh, he's hit, he played basically half a season last year. He's gonna need some time. He's not gonna be. He's not. He's not a freak super. Like he's not an Anthony Davis who's gonna come in and be just be great right away. It's gonna take some time. Please be patient with Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, a couple more here. This one's from Donnie Seals at D Seals. Is there any logical reason Wendell doesn't start? I think he says he thinks he read reports of Thad Young possibly starting. Normally he dismisses such rumors because it's obvious Wendell and Lowry need playing time together, but with his coaching staff, you never never really know. I don't think I've seen any reports of Thad Young possibly starting. I, that could be me just missing them. I'm not totally sure. Like I said, I just haven't seen those myself. I feel like I know Thad's the veteran. He's been a starter for a long time now. I think it would be ridiculous if that if Wendell and Lowry didn't start together. I know you don't necessarily want to give a guy a starting spot unless he earns it, but I mean those two guys are arguably the most important part of your rebuild. Uh, there were reason there was a reason there were reports out there that those were two like the two untouchable guys when they were talking about possible trades around the draft. Like 
at this point, Thad's been in the league for a long time. He's professional. I'm sure he's willing to do whatever he's willing to do. I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't care if he starts or comes off the bench. He seems like a perfect option as a 30-minute-per-game, six-man type. You basically, I think you have to start Wendell and Lowry, right? No doubt. I think that, you know, despite the fact that Thaddeus Young has been a starter in this league, for most of his career, the last two seasons, Thad Young started 81 games each for the Pacers, and before that it was 74 for the Pacers, and before that it was 73 for the Nets or something. I think that even Thad knows that it's not about who starts as much as who finishes. Thad has his money. He has his acclaim at this point. His role on this team is to complement Carter and Markkinen, and I do expect you know Carter to be sitting in some fourth quarters if that is the hot hand. Uh, that wouldn't shock me, and I don't think that that's you know, uh, a strike against Carter's development if and when it happens. But in terms of at the beginning of the year, Carter and Markkinen need to start together. They need to develop as much chemistry as they can and you know, try to find a way to make this pairing work. Yeah, totally agree with you. Two more. This is from Ad Creek Bulls fan Aristotelus. I believe he asked this one last week. Do you believe Wendell and Kobe White will prove themselves as good enough return for two years of tanking? I really like both, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, th- I think that's a fair question uh, to go through what the Bulls have gone through to end up with a seven pick both years and maybe not end up with those like guaranteed superstar types. Like, I understand the frustration there. I think that's definitely up in the air. Like, I'm not going to say. It's definite that they're going to. Like, we, the Bulls still have a ton to prove. I'm not going to say they're definitely not, though. Yeah, I mean, you can always trade them, too, right? Like, the Bulls exist in this weird universe where they feel like, you know, the only way they could build a good team is to draft and develop a guy. But look at the rest of the league's landscapes. Like, no one else is really holding on to their players forever anymore. Uh, and people are very quick to make moves. So, uh, I do think that's a very fair question. And, you know, the fact that they didn't land Zion or a player of that caliber is a strike against the rebuild in a lot of ways. But if they end up getting two good players, it's like make some moves and figure it out. You're not locked into this. Yeah, and then they have a nice young core. You could package a couple guys for maybe the next star that wants out. Maybe they end up they get a star another way, and these guys are part of a core that ends up on a really good Bulls team. We'll see. I, I don't want to say yes or no either way, but definitely it is a fair question. Last one. This is from AC at Captain underscore A. Do we have, we have a good nickname for Wendell Carter Jr.? I feel like I haven't seen anything. I don't even know if Stacey King has come up with anything good. Uh, I know I feel like there's like a thing going around on Twitter, uh, a goofy thing talking about like it's fucking Wendell Carter Jr. It's fucking Wendell, something goofy like that. But I feel like I haven't seen like a good nickname for Wendell. Do you got Do you got anything? Was I got nothing? I was trying to think of something earlier. I think Wendell is all you need. It just rolls off the yeah. tongue. Wendell. I love that. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's kind of like why I kind of like the thing, like this Twitter thing, where it's, it's fucking Wendell. It's just kind of funny. It's right there for you. Nothing too crazy. Thank you for all the people that sent us in questions. As always, uh, we're gonna do one more of these player pods. Our last one before training camp opens. Then in a couple, in I believe basically it's two weeks. Basically, training camp will be opening, so that's great. So we'll be talking about Zach Levine next week. After again, we've talked about Lowry. Otto Porter Jr., and now Wendell, so please go check out those other pods. Zach Levine coming up next week. I'm getting excited here. A two-week warning, basically, before training camp opens. Preseason after that, and then the season starts uh, basically just a little over a month. I think it's like 35, 36 days, so that's great. Um, as always, shout-out to Blue Wire at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. Please go check out, check out all our podcasts, other NBA podcasts, and we have podcasts, all, a bunch of different sports now. we got a ton of stuff going on. It's a lot of fun. We're growing. Good stuff here. Um, and as always, for us, Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls Podcast, please uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all that, all that good stuff. So for this week, the Wendell Carter Jr. Pod, this has been Jason and Ricky with the Cash Considerations Pod. Take it easy, and we'll talk to you guys next week.